listening to the weekly podcast presented by the Lighthouse Midlothian. For more information, please visit us at www.dfwlighthouse.org. Thank you and God bless. thank you for life. We thank you that we can know you. We thank you for your presence this morning as, as we've literally sat in your presence, as, as we've sung to you, as we've given you our hearts, God. And now we would give our ears and our minds, Lord, to hear your word and to understand. And Lord, just to know you more. That's our prayer. That's our prayer today. God bless your word. And as we go uh, from there and sit at your table this morning and receive communion. We just thank you that your presence will be felt in this place. And Lord, wherever we're listening, if it's online, if it's at our TV, wherever we are, God, we just thank you that you're right there, that you are with us, God with us. This time of year, we celebrate the name Emmanuel, that you are with us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, um, the title of today's message is Knowing God. Knowing God. And two weeks ago, last time I shared, it was Sunday before Thanksgiving, and uh, we've been camping out at Romans 12, 1 and 2, about giving ourselves. This is a season of giving. Guess what you need to give first and foremost? Yourself to God. We are gods. We are here because of him, and that's the least we can do, is lay it all on the line. Yeah, living sacrifice. And to have that transformed mind in order to do that effectively. Now, we backtracked a couple weeks ago talking about Thanksgiving, talking about, again, surrendering to God, trusting him. And we sang that this morning, trusting him on the mountains when everything's fabulous, when you can see forever. Yeah. And trusting him in the valleys when things are hard, when you don't have all the answers. You know, David has a testimony. He's with us. There's, there's others that, that the Lord took home. And that's hard. We don't understand. Sometimes, you know, we pray and we pray and we pray. And these things happen. And God's still good. That doesn't change who he is. But I didn't want to leave you with the thought that, you know, it's just okay to go around not knowing anything. Oh, oh well, God. You know... God may not give us all the details, but he wants us to not just pursue his will. We talked about the will of God. That is important. We need to know the will of God. We need to do the will of God. But you know what's more important than the will of God? It's knowing God himself. Because when you know him, then you can follow him. And his will is a delight. And so... Even though there's things we don't know, there's things that he reveals to us as we know him more and more. We should forever be in pursuit of knowing God. I have just three brief points this morning. Number one, knowing about God someone is different 
than actually knowing them. Amen. Think about that. Now, I, 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 I know all about my hero, Billy Graham. I've watched documentaries about his life. I've been at the big crusades from the time I was little, little. I got, the last time he was at Texas Stadium, when there still was a Texas Stadium, I got to be a, a, one of the volunteers, one of the altar workers, and pray with people who came forward. That was wonderful. What a thrill. And so, you know, I was there with Billy Graham. We were in the same stadium together with 40,000 other people. I can say, yeah, I know Billy Graham. But I don't really know Billy Graham. We have never hung out one-on-one. -on -one. I don't know what kind of food he likes. I know basically this much of all there is to know about Billy Graham, and I know a lot. So there's a big difference. You know, what's even worse than knowing about and not really knowing is to think we know about someone or something and yet know nothing about them. That's what was revealed in the scripture last week in the passage that Christina shared about the Pharisees and Jesus is there healing on the Sabbath day. Oh, my. Well, that was a big offense back then to those people. And they thought they knew all about God. They knew about the laws that people had made up based on the words of God. We have a lot of people telling us what God is like or what he said or what pleases him, but we personally need to find that out. There they were, telling God, think about this, Jesus is God. God is at church with them, and they're telling God what to do. They're telling God this is not right for you to do this right now. Now, before we get all judgy about the Pharisees, have any of us told God what was right or wrong? If God showed up, would we know he was with us? I think in religion all over the world, God is moving and people do not recognize that it's really God. That's why we have to be open because sometimes, as I said a couple weeks ago, God just blows our minds. And it may not fit into the pigeonholes that we have set up. Man, I opened a big can of worms, didn't I? You know, God's presence is powerful. And we may not always understand everything that happens in different revivals. Read your history. Stuff went on. And the religious leaders condemned what I believe now, a century after Azusa Street, when the Holy Spirit fell. We can look back and say, that was a move of God. That was a revival. I believe that with all my heart. But at the time, it was like, it was just weird. 
So we have to be careful. I've told you, Bill Johnson calls him Jehovah Sneaky. <laughs> Would we know him if he was right here? Please permit me to return to one of my favorite analogies. As many times as I have been to the Grand Canyon and hiked the Grand Canyon, there's the trail right in the middle, right to the edge there, I hardly know it. There is actually no way to know the Grand Canyon, especially standing on the south rim where all the tourists are. That the day I hiked across it from the north to the south, I was a different person. 24 hours later, a different person from the person that got dropped off at the north rim at 5 a.m. in the snow on June 6th. Snowstorm hit. And with the snow further down came horrific thunderstorms that flooded the trail and people were hiking up that just looked desperate. They had camped out in restrooms and barely made it to the top. And I raced to get to the bottom and it should have been 120 degrees down there but it was 86 degrees. I didn't have to race to the bottom because it wasn't, normally it's so hot you want to get to a certain point. You want to get to the river at a certain time. And then you spend the night, then you hike up. And it's a lot steeper going up than it is coming down. And by the time I got to the top, I was an expert on the Grand Canyon. And the day trippers, the day hikers were coming down all Yippy skippy. And I'm like, you don't know what it's like to go to the bottom and come back up. Well, this last June, I got to be a day tripper. And I hiked down a little ways. We were in the way of the trail of some poor soul that hiked from the bottom. And he was not nice. He was a little bit nasty. He's like, get out of your way. I've come all the way from the bottom. And I thought, I hope I didn't sound like that in 2008. How much of the canyon did I really know? Nothing. How much of God can we really know? When you think about, when you're standing on the edge of that rim looking across, let's see it again, 23 miles. You know how big you feel? Tiny. And then you fly over it in an airplane and it looks like a scar. And then you realize from space, you, you can't even really see it. And our solar system is one of 100 billion stars in our galaxy, and there are 100 billion galaxies that we know about. <laughs> How big is the Grand Canyon? It doesn't even register. How big are you and I? 
Our heads get pretty big sometimes. Paul says in Philippians 3.10, my aim is to know him. Now, Philippians was one of the last letters he wrote at the end of his life. He's in chains in Rome, and he's writing to his good friends. Read the whole letter. You can do it in 10 minutes. You can quote verses from it. That's great. But read the whole letter. It's powerful. And the crowning pinnacle of that letter is that I may know him. This was Paul's highest pursuit. Paul, who had been a Pharisee. Paul, who knew the law inside and out. Paul, who had all the credentials. Paul, who was a missionary. Paul, who had an experience with Jesus on Damascus Road. Paul, who had to unlearn in the desert seven years all the stuff he learned as a Pharisee, Paul, who had been on three missionary journeys, planted countless churches all around the known world, who had seen miracles, signs, and wonders, and had revelations that we can only speculate about. What was his highest pursuit? You think if he said something was important, we should listen? To know him, to know God. Paul had so much revelation that God allowed an assignment from the enemy to keep him humble. Now, talk about something I don't understand. I have no theology for that. But it's in the Bible, in 2 Corinthians. But God is the one in charge. And evidently, that's what Paul needed because of the level he had reached in God. And despite all his accomplishments and revelation and background, Paul was still in pursuit of knowing Christ. He was not the know-it-all, even though he knew more. We've been studying his writings for 2,000 years, and there is commentary after commentary. The thing that we learn from Paul's life is that the gift of grace is all we really need. And if I have grace, I can endure. And to know grace is to know God. Proverbs 3.6, another scripture we quote a lot. In all your ways, acknowledge him. You know what that word is for acknowledge? In Hebrew, it's yada, which means know him. It means also intimately know. In all your ways, Know him, and he will direct your paths. Seek him in all your ways. Point number two. To know God is to trust God. Because he's faithful. When you know God, you know that he's faithful. On the mountains, in the valleys, in 2020, things are going great. Things are not going so great. God is faithful. That's how we can declare that there are things that we don't know and yet we trust him. I don't get what's going on right now, God. I don't understand it. But guess what? You do. I can know that because he's faithful, he has my best interests 
at heart. God can take care of me better than I can take care of myself. I can trust him. And he gives us stuff. He's so kind. He's such a good father. He just doesn't give us what we need. You know, you could get by on three protein bars a day and six bottles of water. Doesn't that sound exciting? Well, it's better than nothing. But God blesses us with steak and seafood. And you think about what your favorite food is. I think I've just described surf and turf, okay? That sounds good. Nice baked potato, green beans, salad, homemade blue cheese dressing. Mmm. What's for dessert? New York cheesecake about that thick, whipped cream. I got a few fans, <laughs> food fans. God gives us all this because it's good. We, 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 more than we need to just survive. Now, we were sitting there a minute ago. This is how good God is. This is my testimony. Okay? We were saying the more I see. I, I heard a little squeak from Pete every now and then. A little pop, a little squeak. Pete can play. He plays with some pretty, I mean, the best. I've heard him play in bands. I've heard him do solos. I mean, Pete is a blessing. All right? And I was thinking, oh, it'd be so nice to hear Pete just play that chorus on that sax. That would be a blessing. But, you know, I wasn't going to grab the mic and play it, Pete. But that's what happened. That was a blessing just for me. I'm glad y'all got to enjoy it. That was a blessing just for me. Sorry. God can be trusted. He's faithful, and he just doesn't give us what we need. Sometimes he actually gives us what we want, and he blesses us. We have to appreciate and be grateful for those blessings. That's what I was saying a couple weeks ago. He has our best interests at heart. He is all wise. He knows best. And as his children, we have an eternal inheritance. And we remind ourselves that this is not all there is. Yes, make the most of this life. Do what he calls you to do. Enjoy it. Live it to the full. That's basically what Paul says in this letter to the Philippians. I've gone for it. I'm done. I'm ready. I could go anytime, but I'm here for your sake. Oh, isn't that nice? He said, it's better for you if I stay for now. And God knew when it was time to take him home. But when we put these lives that we have on this planet in perspective, what we really can rejoice about is that as his children, we have eternity to look forward to. A wonderful, blessed existence where we get to see Jesus face to face. Now that's the blessing. And there's questions I'm sure we will all have and we think, when I get to heaven, they'll all be answered. I think when we see Jesus, we are not going to care. It's not going to matter. Because the blessing of being with him to know God is to trust him because he's faithful. Point number three, 
God can be known because he makes himself known. How? Okay, through nature. Romans 1 says we can see his attributes through the world around us. Open up your eyes. God's everywhere. Through his word. This is why I say know this book. Read it. You can do it. We're coming up to 2021. Decide now on December, what is it, the 6th? Decide that you're going to start on January 1, or don't wait till January if you haven't. You know, just start now, and then if you miss a few days, you'll still finish by the end of 2021. Read through the Word, because you will get a better perspective by knowing the whole thing. Now, if God tells you to camp out in a couple chapters, just follow the Holy Spirit's leading, but don't neglect the word of God. Amen? Amen. All right. Know the word, because it's not just the information, it's the revelation. It's because God reveals himself. Because when you know the word, you're getting to know God himself. Psalm 119 is all about how wonderful the word is. It's sweet, David says. We get to know him through prayer. We get to talk to him. We get to approach him. We get to come into his presence because of Jesus. That's communication. And we get to know him through other people that know him. God shines through each one of us who are his kids. My grandparents had nine children. I had eight aunts and uncles, plus my father. And each one of them portrayed a certain aspect of my grandparents. Now, each one of us are God's kids, and each one of us is going to reveal something about him. It takes all of us to reveal who he is, though. That's why we need to be in fellowship with one another. Because he reveals himself through his people. Now, there's an old parable that comes from India. Perhaps you've heard about it. The parable of the blind man and the elephant. And there are six blind men, and they come up to an elephant, and they cannot see. And each one of them touches a particular part of the Elephant, and the one touches the trunk. Oh, an elephant is just like a hose. Someone touches the tusk. Oh, an elephant, it's just like a sword. Someone who grabs the ear, it's just like a fan. The legs. Oh, an elephant, it's just like a tree. The side of the elephant is like a wall. And on and on. You see, we can't judge part without knowing the whole. (laughs) I like this little cartoon. (laughs) Jesus is there saying, it's an elephant. It's not one or the other, it's all. Now, we know what an elephant looks like. How many have actually seen an elephant? 
You've been to the zoo, you've been to the circus, yes. You know what an elephant looks like because you've seen one. Anybody ridden on an elephant? Stephen has ridden on an elephant. I'm so proud of him. He knows an elephant. I'm up close and personal. All right. Well, back in medieval times, there were rumors about elephants. And in the illuminations that they drew, they were drawing what they thought an elephant looked like based on the description. I have a picture of that. I mean, it's got the trunk, it's got the ears, it's got the legs and the tail, but it actually looks kind of like an elephant, but it's kind of more horse-like. It's like a horse with a trunk or a weird dog horse. No, they were doing pretty good, all right? Now, as God's children, again, he reveals himself through his word, he reveals himself through communing with him, through teachers. We've got some great teachers in this room. We've got to assimilate all that and reflect who he is to the world. Because some people have heard about God. They've maybe heard there is a God, but they have some other concept. And I think God wants us to represent him well. Unlike the Pharisees, who re they represented the harshness and the regulations concerning God, but not the heart of who he is. And all those things are important. His holiness, his character, his love. When I was a manager for an airline in Houston at Hobby Airport, the station manager, I was an assistant manager, he often referred to the CEO of the company, Mr. Franklin. And if he really wanted something done, he would say, Mr. Franklin likes it this way. I had a really messy desk one day. He came in and he said, well, if I were you, I'd get that straightened up because Mr. Franklin comes through. He doesn't want to see that. Oh, right. Okay. I really thought there was very little chance that Mr. Franklin was going to come down to my office, but you never know. Now, someone that knew Mr. Franklin directly knew what he liked, knew what he disliked. And to keep Mr. Franklin happy, or actually to keep him from being mad, he passed that knowledge on to us. And that's kind of how it is with God. We can read about what he likes and what he dislikes. And we need to know about the fear of the Lord. Because yes, he is fierce. He is powerful. And he's a judge. But what is much better is when we want to do things because we know, love, and care about someone rather than just strict 
obedience. And that's what I'm talking about. That's our attitude toward God. I think sometimes, okay, I don't want to do that because God will be mad if I don't do that or if I do that. But do we really care enough? When we really care about someone, we do it because it pleases them. And when you read on in Romans about our attitude toward God and toward other people, love needs to be our motivation. Love for people and love for God. Love upholds the best interests of each other. So how do we know God? Number one, his word. Psalm 119, 130 says, the entrance of your word brings light. Revelation. Number two, we approach him, we seek him, we pray to know him as Moses prayed. Psalm 103.7, that is a typo, Psalm 103.7 says that God revealed his deeds to the people of Israel, but his ways to Moses. Moses was a God seeker. David was a God seeker. He spoke about the secret place in Psalm 91. Number, number three, how do we know God? Humble ourselves. We don't know it all. We have to come to that revelation. 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6 say that God resists the proud, but is near, embraces the humble. Number four, hang out with people who know him, but yet recognize that no one of us has the entire picture. We all just have a piece, a facet, and that's why we need each other. All of us know aspects of God. Five, we are commanded to love the Lord our God. But actually we're commanded to know him because to love him is to know him. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven says to love the Lord with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then another way, and there are many more, Know his character as revealed through his word. Exodus 34, 6, when God prays, show me your glory, Lord. I want to know more about you. Show me your glory. He says, okay, you need to hide yourself because you really can't contain what's about to hit you. And God passes by and he says, I am the Lord, your Lord the Lord your God. And he, he explains who he is. It's a beautiful scripture. Exodus 34, 6, the Lord passed in front of Moses and called out, the Lord, the Lord God is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love, devotion, and faithfulness. That's what God said about himself. This God that had just come on the mountain with fire and thunder and fear and dread, and he says... I am compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving devotion and faithfulness. God is all of the above. Finally this morning, at the end of the book of Daniel, it says, those who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Do we need that right now? I think we need that right now. 
It's talking about the end of time. It's talking about the last days here. Daniel 11.32, those who do wickedly against the covenant he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. I'd like to be counted in that bunch. So this morning, let's just read in Philippians 3, starting with verse 12, and then we're going to end up in verse 9 and 10, and, and just get the heart of what Paul is saying here, and hopefully make this our prayer as we pursue him. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I don't consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Verse 9 says, Be found in him, not having a righteousness of our own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ and righteousness from God that depends on faith that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. What a prayer. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us that in this life we will only see part. We see dimly. As much as God has revealed, there is still so much more. But one day, we will be face to face with him and we'll know him as he truly is. Until then, we must be content, but at the same time, never relent in pursuing who he is, pursuing his heart. This is to be our eternal goal. To know him. Lord God, we come before you right now. And we acknowledge that you are God. Lord, we want to know you more. As we come around this table this morning, our prayer is that even through these elements, God, that you would reveal yourself through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I just pray for each person. Lord, all of us are going through something right now. Even in these times, we can press in. And God, I just pray for a greater revelation, a peace that passes all understanding. Lord, we just thank you for revealing your heart to your children. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, I'm going to invite Brother Hinda up and, and the deacons to put out the elements here. And 
him that's going to bless. And when he's finished, you can just come and receive. And we'll partake in his presence today as family. Coming up, let us look at Isaiah 53, verses 5. He was wounded for our rebellious acts. He was crushed for our sins. He was punished so that we could have peace. And we received healing from his wounds. We have all strayed like sheep. Each one of us has turned to God, uh, to go his own way. And the Lord laid all our sins on him. Let me repeat that part again. He, uh, and the Lord laid all our sins on him. Yet, uh, and we skip to verse 10. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him with suffering. When the Lord has made his life a sacrifice for our wrongdoings, he will see his descendants for many days. The will of the Lord will succeed through him. The will of God will succeed through Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we worship, we praise, we glorify, and we honor you. We thank you, Lord God Almighty, for giving your Son on the cross of Calvary. Today, Lord God Almighty, we acknowledge, Lord, the body of Jesus that he has given on our behalf. Lord, we acknowledge the blood of Jesus Christ washing our sins away. There is healing in his body for us, for every area of our lives, Lord. There is nothing that can stand against the blood of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord God Almighty, for today everything that is in this room, that is in our lives, that is in our bloodline, Lord, it is taken care of by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we bow to your will, to your plan, and to your purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.